Welcome to the Critic Guys Wrestling Podcast. My name's Chris Davis and I'm joined by Paul Robinson. How are you, Paul? I'm fine, thanks, Chris. You okay? I'm okay, thank you. I'm certainly doing better than wrestling's doing at the moment. Yes, dark Going days. through uh, some dark days. Mm. <laughs> yes, at the time of recording this podcast, it's the 25th of June and we are knee-deep within speaking out on... Uh, social media at the moment and obviously wrestling is at the forefront of that at the moment there's a a lot of mostly independent wrestlers but some not who are getting named and shamed the movement's obviously encouraging people who've been abused or uh, suffered any sort of well particularly ill treatment to come forward and it should hopefully lead to some sweeping changes and get the 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 worst element of of, uh, the wrestling community out of the business but we shall see yes I'm not going to name any names but it's a it's a it's a good thing that people are talking about it yeah absolutely. i would say yeah we'd encourage people to talk about it okay we are going to sort of move in a a different direction because we could talk names and everything but obviously we don't want to go say anything uh, out of line or say anything without the due weight. So what we're going to talk about tonight, well, sorry, talk about on this show is our greatest wrestling matches. We've uh, both got about 10. So what we said is we'll do sort of honorable mentions and then do top fives. So, uh, Paul, would you like to lead us off with some honourable mentions for what you think are the actual greatest matches? Obviously, we've been prompted by Randy Orton and Edge's match being promoted as the greatest wrestling match ever. Spoiler, that's not one of mine. It's not on mine either. It's strange, (laughs) though. I think um, uh, my earliest honourable mention is from back in 1992. It was the main event of SummerSlam at Wembley. British Bulldog winning the title from Brett the Hitman Hart for the uh, Intercontinental Championship. Biggest uh, match to ever happen in the United Kingdom. Yeah, and it's it's the weird thing that it was so huge, and they've never never it's the last major pay per view to actually take place in the United Kingdom, which mm-hmm. is uh, amazing. Yeah, so I think it's one of these ones where the match was very good. I don't think you'd say it was flawless technically, but I think if you add in. The, the crowd, the spectacle, um, you've got the hometown hero winning uh, in the main event as well. The, uh, there was a title match that night, but didn't still went ahead of it. And just at the, the turning point, I think, for British wrestling, where it became, it sort of moved from either the British wrestling scene with like your big daddy and giant haystacks. Then it, obviously some of the American stuff for Hulk Hogan or whatever had come over. But I think this is the first time we're actually... A lot of people in Britain were like, hey, we've actually got some British guys in this and, and they'll they'll come over here and perform for us. Yeah. Um, we've been quite uh, open up front about this, that we're both big fans of Bret Hart and it's one of his most, uh, the best showcase matches from him. Yeah. Particularly if you, uh, if you hear him talk about it, about the condition the Bulldog was in on the night. Yeah. There's a lot of work from Bret there to get him through it. Yes, that's one of the is uh, the best best there is uh, 
qualifiers, isn't it? That yeah, you got him through um, the, the end of the match, didn't he? Because you can't really tell. I have to say, it's bulldog. It carries his load really well, but yeah, it would appear he's been given quite a considerable amount of direction. Yeah, and a lot of trust. If he thinks he's in no condition to perform, some of the moves that Brett does to him during that match or allows himself to get caught with, you just think, oh, that could have gone wrong. Yeah, I think it's a, an underrated skill, isn't it, to, to get a good get a good match out of anyone. Yes. But uh, the British Bulldog on his day was a very good performer, especially in the tag team. But yeah, the, to, I think this was probably, the, for me, the peak of his his career. He, he had excellent chemistry with Brett as well. Their rematch they had it In Your House... Um, I can't remember which one it was, but based on the premise that Brett had never beaten the British Bulldog because he, he'd lost to him at a house show as well as at SummerSlam. And then he, they have this third match for the WWE title. That is a great match. In fact, I'll, I'll give it an extra honourable mention of it being that good. But yeah, they just it just somehow worked. Cause Bulldog's chemistry wasn't as good with everybody. Yeah. But when he when he did go, he could really go. Yeah, and I think it's the same with the Brett's matches with Owen as well, because people know that it's a, a legit family thing as well, that it's not just a wrestling rivalry. There's obviously hmm. probably, what, maybe 10, 15 years of history going back between the, yeah. the two of them, and that all, that all plays into the Helps finish, you buy doesn't, in, it? doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it really it adds to the story, definitely. Um, do you want to work your way through yours and then? Shall I go through mine? Okay. Uh, yeah. So then uh, we jump through to 2005, uh, my first of two matches from that year, which was in an X Division title match at TNA Unbreakable. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christopher Daniels defending in a three way against AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. I um, very nearly added this to my list earlier on. It was on and it just slipped my mind as to why it's not in my top 10. But yeah, I'm completely with you on this match. It's brilliant. Yeah, the so for me, <clears throat> excuse me, when really started getting into TNA, it just gone through the period where they'd had the early uh, monthly pay per views, and it was very much an attempt to be basically like very WCW, lots of stuff going on, and then out of nowhere, it seemed they actually got basically proper wrestlers, and the gimmick was just that, hey, these guys are just brilliant wrestlers, um, mm-hmm. in the X division. This for me was the peak. I think it's the best ever uh, match in Impact or TNA as, as was if we cast in the same company. And three, three all-time greats. I don't think if you people watching the views, obviously Christopher Daniels would seem a bit odd out of there. But at, at the time, it was probably the peak of his career. Whereas obviously, oh, AJ yeah, and Joe went up, have gone on to bigger things. But it was yeah, the, the first match in a, a trilogy. I think they had another one um, the next year as a triple threat, and I think one in two thousand and nine again for the actual the actual main title. But yeah, just an absolute brilliant exhibition of the X Division three three wrestlers at the top of the game and yeah just a, I think it's very hard to get um, I think that's actually my only triple threat on the list I think Carl Moore there's a straight one on ones but to get a match that good between three people when it can triple threats can be a bit awkward is fantastic uh, yeah it's an exceptional match I've got a triple threat which I'll throw in in my top 10 which I'll get to but that match for uh, for the X Division title it's it's uh, oh, I finally said it. it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's peak of those guys, I would say, because they, the one thing TNA didn't do was put restrictions on what they could do. Yeah. Whereas Joe and AJ, obviously AJ went on and had his great New Japan run and then came to WWE and he's he's had some great matches, but he's not quite at the same... You, your jaw doesn't drop as much watching an AJ Styles match as it used to in TNA when he was at his prime absolute prime and i think that you're looking at peak aj peak joe 
and peak Chris Daniels. Chris Daniels could could go back then. It's uh, obviously he's in the twilight now of his career, but he he could really go. I had the pleasure of seeing a rematch of sort of this one PW up in Doncaster. Yeah, and they had uh, it was them plus Charlie Haas. Oh yeah, and made it a four way. And he worked really well with them because you, you're looking at it going, oh my God, he sticks out like a sore thumb to go in there. But him having the more sort of technical base really added an extra bit to it. And it was a really entertaining match, the four of them going at it. I think it's available on DVD if you can track it down somewhere. It might even be on YouTube. It's well worth a watch. Yeah. Just a don't know that it's as good as the one from, I can't remember which, one, which show it was on, but uh, the, the TNA one, oh, it's excellent. What's your next one then, Paul? Okay, the next one, uh, same year, one of the same wrestlers repeated, uh, Samoa Joe against uh, Kenta Kobayashi Ooh. in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And basically just sometimes just two big lads absolutely smashing <laughs> the hell out of each other. Um, I can't imagine that with those two. <laughs> one of my favourites, uh, Kenta Kobayashi, but obviously um, only, I've only sort of went back with hindsight and watched some matches, whereas this is mm. favourite of, of his matches that I actually was sort of around and watching at the time. And it, he, he was literally sold as just this absolute legend coming towards the end of his career, mm. um, but showing that obviously against one of the top American uh, indie wrestlers that, yeah, he's, he's still got it. Yeah, it was a big deal that match when it happened. I remember all the coverage for it. I think it was actually just called, I think it was, the think pit was actually just called Joe versus Kobashi. There's no, mm-hmm. wasn't even given up another name. It was just that, that was Didn't the selling point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What, what, what more do you need to know? Yeah. Very, very, uh, very good. I've not actually seen the match. I've just heard a lot about it. It's, it's one I should really go and find some time to watch. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's the, that's my uh, that's my only uh, Ring of Honor match mm-hmm. as well. So we're sort of getting through a few companies there. Uh, do you want my next one? Yes, please. Okay, another new company. It's uh, Shinsuke Nakamura defending against Kotsu Ibushi for the Intercontinental uh, Championship at Wrestle Kingdom 9 for New Japan Wrestling uh, 2015. So you've mm-hmm. uh, nipped forward 10 years there. Just two of my absolute uh, favourite wrestlers, just uh, incapable of having a bad match against each other. Mm-hmm. It was a, a fantastic, one of my favourite um, events as well. There was some fantastic other men. The main event that year was Tanahashi against Okada. Again, I had two fantastic. AJ Styles mm-hmm. against Naito. Um, you can't Kenny, get all wrong with that card, can you? Yeah, Kenny Omega won the... The junior heavyweight for the first time as well on that. They had, there was a cracking tag match as well between the um, Red Dragon, the Young Bucks, Forever Hooligans yeah. and the Time Splitters. So a fantastic event for me, the best match on that as well in the, uh, the semi-main. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just brilliant. Just two real hard hitters and just giving it absolutely everything. There's a heck of a lot of mutual respect there, isn't there, between them. Uh Bushi still does moves for, Sh- uh, for Shinsuke, doesn't he? So Yeah. Sort of based on that, does the same poses and everything. Mm. Yeah, very good. Okay, and my last one is uh, another New Japan one uh, from just uh, last year, uh, a year ago, in fact. Will Ospreay against Takagi in the mm-hmm. uh, Best of the Soup Juniors. Very good. Uh, just again, it obviously they both come through the tournament, got to the final, and yeah, just absolutely, he had no idea he was going to win. It could could have gone either way, and it's probably about must have been six or seven very credible near falls before Shingo unfortunately just fell to I think it might have been I might be wrong on this but I, I think it might have been the debut of Will's Stormbreaker which I think is the yeah. first time he'd, I think he'd been building this up he's got this new finisher coming in 
obviously being a nerdy sort of uh, Marvel <laughs> reference there. Yeah. But yeah, the Stormbreaker to win are just, yeah, just a fantastic... Uh, two, two guys who were basically showing that, although this was, uh, in theory, a Super Juniors match, that they probably both deserve to go on mm. uh, to bigger and better things on their ring work. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. It was, it's a cracker of a match, that is. Really, really impressive. Osprey's work in the last few years has just been phenomenal. He's shown that he can really go, especially with the bigger guys. Well, obviously, we touched on uh, speaking out stuff from earlier on, and obviously his name has come up as one of the people. I can say that because he's he's dealt with it, yeah, uh, or at least sorry, he's, he's acknowledged, acknowledged it. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying he's dealt with it. He's <laughs> certainly not saying he's dealt with it. He's acknowledged it, and yeah, we'll see what happens with him. But if he can get past this and people are willing to allow him to, he's hit the potentials phenomenal for will osprey as a performer yeah so it's just hope that will osprey the man can back it up yeah my honorable mentions now just to go back through i had to do a, do a quick check as to when some of these happened i sort of written them down by by match names is like when did that honestly happen my first match is wrestlemania 21 and it's Shawn michaels versus kurt angle oh yeah I thought that was a heck of a match between those two. They that was just you, I you you'd built it up from Royal Rumble with the elimination and sort of the getting at each other, and they had this great build up where Kurt's mocking him and doing all the Shawn Michaels like history, basically. Yeah, that uh, was uh... to set it up, and then they just had a barn burner. It was uh, it was a weird it was a weird one to watch at first because it's, it's the debut of Shawn's sort of chap outfit <laughs> when he puts his thing and i remember thinking at the time, going, why is he wearing them but it became like just his new look and it's like now i think it's weird to watch old style sean <laughs> so but the the work rate's phenomenal the speed of the match is great they've got this you've got this contrast of kurt being able to sort of chuck sean around and sean being able to sort of nip in and sort of strike and ah, oh, it's just really really good right up to the finish which felt decisive and you desperately wanted a rematch, which they did eventually give us. And then they sort of like the teasing of the third match, and they did a very, very good job. It was they had wonderful chemistry. It would have would have been nice to have seen even more from the two of them, but unfortunately, Kurt wasn't going to be with the company for too much longer after that. Yeah. No, I, love, I remember I definitely remember the build up to that with the getting sensational Sherry back out of retirement yeah. and Jim Marginetti, and uh, yeah, it was a really that's just a perfect example of how you build a match, wasn't it? Yes, he was a sexy Kurt. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, very, very impressive. My next honourable mention is the is a is my triple threat. Actually, I I believe that's next in line, and that would would be a triple threat with The Rock, Kurt Angle, and The Undertaker from Vengeance. I'm not sure what year that was. Not, yeah, I think I vaguely remember that. I'm not, it doesn't immediately spring to mind as much as uh, your last match. Just, they just work really, really well. In terms of you want proof that a triple threat can work, They the, the three of them, it just comes together brilliantly. The the contrast of it, there's so many near falls, they're sort of kicking out of everything. It's, it's just really, really good, really entertaining, very, very good chemistry. Uh, and a credit to all three of them. Was this did Kurt win that one? I'm trying to think now. Yes, I yes. believe so. Or... Yes, I believe so. I'm trying to think, even I thought he won the house. It's what I'm thinking. I thought he might have won the title. But yeah, that's. Uh... 
I will take this out. I'm just going to do a quick check versus Undertaker. What was Curtis Undertaker? Vengeance, Undisputed Championship. Yeah, because isn't this the one where Kurt takes the title to then go and fight Brock? Yeah. Afterwards. That's what I'm thinking. Remember, I'm yeah. remember. Yeah, Avengers 2002. Rock the ta- takes I the title. I remember not being the title going in. Yeah. yeah. Was it? <laughs> I, can't, I can't remember. You haven't gone back and watched all of these, Chris. No, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going on fond memories here. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's exactly the yeah. But no, I, it's, they just work really, really well together. I'll throw another honourable mention in there. I'm not going to go into any great deal detail into it, but I've also got quite a good soft spot from 2003, I believe it is. It's I must sorry, it must be 2002 because it's his first title win. Is uh, Brock versus Rock from mm. SummerSlam? That's how you put over a newcomer and make him look like a star. Yeah, the Rock sells like nobody's business, makes him look like his equal, and he just beats him decisively. And it's a lovely finishing sequence as well. Yeah, they they had some. They didn't have obviously a limited run together, but I do remember they had just fantastic chemistry, didn't they? Mm, just works. It, it's just really, really good. My next match, I will give. You could you can pick either of them, but I'll go with the second with uh, the retirement angle. But it's uh, the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels with their WrestleMania duology. They they were brilliant matches back and forth and the the retirement match where you've got if if undertaker loses he loses his streak if sean loses he's going to retire it's just that they just went to war and it's just a brilliant showcase of both guys and the again they their chemistry is brilliant i love that that sean is defiant right till the end to the point of mocking him to his face. <laughs> and then the Undertaker gives him probably the scariest looking tombstone you've ever seen. I think he jumps into the air with it. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The the idea was you end his career, not his life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just, just just remember that. Yeah. But uh, no, phenomenal, phenomenal work from, from them and, and probably worthy of a top five position. But I just. I have particular fondness for some of the ones in my top five. Yeah, I think I think that those sort of thing adds to the jeopardy because I think the only the time before that match I think I thought the streak might have gone was for me was uh, Randy Orton. Yeah, when you thought there might just be the time to put over the young guy, but I think because they'd won he'd won the first match Undertaker. I think it's always with wrestlers, isn't it? The second one. You're always thinking, ah, so this is going to be the the other guy wins, and then you go for the trilogy, don't they? So mm. I think there was an extra jeopardy if you're thinking, well, surely the Undertaker's not going to lose the streak, but then you're thinking, but then surely Sean, um, Sean's not going to lose two in a row at WrestleMania, is he? So it had that extra jeopardy there. Well, I think the first match, yeah. yeah, might have had a little bit more technical. I think it, the, it was built up more by the extra sort of. Sean was obsessed, it. wasn't he? He had to, everything was about being Taker. He would do anything to do it. So, to the point where he had that very cool bit where he cost Taker the title yeah. at the the Hell in a Cell. Uh, not Hell in a Cell, uh, Elimination, Elimination Chamber. Chamber. Yeah. yeah, where he came through the floor. That was, that was very cool. Even even helping Chris Jericho. And a grateful a mortal Chris. enemy. Yes, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think when you compare it as well to the later pair of matches with uh, Triple H and Undertaker as well, it just didn't have quite that 
it, it very much felt like there was an attempt to do it again, but it didn't quite come off. I think it was like the the original those the original two were the better two, weren't they? Mm. That by by no means though are they bad matches. They were they were great matches, but yeah, the Sean ones are just special. Yeah. Oh no, I think if you if you were adding up um, Undertaker's WrestleMania matches, I think you could almost argue that the definitely the two Sean, the Randy one and one if not both of the Triple H, that's probably your five. Well, there's three Triple H WrestleMania matches. Sorry, I think I'm excluding the earlier one where I don't think that wasn't very good. Um, I I think it's it's very good, but it didn't have the weight of the others. The others had more... The streak wasn't really a thing. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't before that. I think maybe the the only other one, maybe Edge might have been. Mm, Edge is phenomenal. Batista's also very good. Yeah. Yeah, He had some some good matches with with a few people at WrestleMania. And, And the Boneyard. Yeah, if you include that one, I think it's it's very different. I think with it, like, yeah, it, it is, but it isn't, and yeah, but no, yeah, I, that's a fantastic match. But yeah, if you mm-hmm. include it, that probably is in there then. Yeah, my uh, next honourable mention. I've just got two more matches I want to give shout outs to. Um, is Bailey versus Sasha from Takeover Brooklyn? Yeah, in 2015, that was phenomenal. That it made Bailey. It, Sasha looked brilliant in it, and it, it's like if you want a woman's revolution, that's how you you, you show it off. Basically, you go, yeah, these two can work, and they they go out there and they just have a war. And it was the underdog tale for Bailey was just done so well, and it's it's led to some pretty cool stuff that's still ongoing to today between the two of them. And I think they will surely refer back to this match when they have their inevitable falling out. At some point, it's going to be, uh, well, I made you or something like that. It'll be interesting to see how it works. But no, they just had a phenomenal match. I believe it was the main event, wasn't it? That yeah, the, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it just it did build justified it. I think it was the first ever, yeah, NXT TakeOver main event. That, uh, you weren't going to follow that, quite actually. frankly. <laughs> yeah. As, as good as the card was, it had Balor and Owens on it and everything. But it's, yeah, it just wasn't going to be that good. Yeah. I didn't actually end up having any women's matches in mine, uh, just with the amount, the amount. But I, I think that probably is the best ever for me. That one. So that was, yeah, that was a good, that I, was I was, a good choice. It's my only that I've given so far. I, I've been thoroughly impressed with the quality of the women's matches in the last few years. They really have been some of the highlights of the shows. Yeah. Uh, but in terms of like bell to bell quality matches i don't know that we've necessarily got that many classics yet yeah uh they've a couple of the ones that you think oh they're on track to do something really special yeah there's just something goes wrong like uh the uh wrestlemania main event yeah it's that ending ruins it for me yeah like uh, the 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 bodged pin yeah it's just mm, i don't like uh there's little things like that and you just think no you're so yeah. close they've had very because uh, there was the hardcore match as well that was obviously Kyrie Sane got a bad <laughs> concussion mm. which sort of took that what, what could have been a fantastic match as well it's just took, yeah. very unfortunate that hit it as well mm. it's a shame because they, they have come so close some of the Charlotte Flair matches are just brilliant yeah. she's uh, uh, a hell of a talent and yeah her chemistry with Becky Lynch and uh, Sasha they had some great matches yeah but it just they just quite, haven't quite hit. Same with Asuka. It's that she's had some brilliant feuds and uh, a good chemistry with some people, but I don't think that I can quite put any of them in my top ten yet. Yeah, I think. The, I but think I'm not saying that she can't make it eventually. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the yeah matches maybe Nia Jax, Bailey, and NXT are possibly the. Mm. I think it was at the Royal Rumble with Becky. 
think they're probably the best matches she's mm. had. But yeah, I mean, she's absolutely a must-watch performer at the moment. And the the Becky, sorry, Bailey Sasha thing is the best feud. Oh yeah, probably definitely. Uh, in probably probably wrestling at the moment. Worldwide. It's a real slow burner, and they can take as long as they want, as long as we get there eventually. Yeah. Take as long as you need, because it's entertaining to watch. There's lots of little subtle things. It's very very good. Well, we've got, but we should be back at WrestleMania, shouldn't we? Just about with crowds, maybe. So yeah, <laughs> maybe they yeah. can keep it going that long. <laughs> well, I'm sure they could. But <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's more likely going to be sort of SummerSlam. That's how they used to do it, wasn't it? They used to have the yeah. uh, used to build it for a year, didn't they? Oh yeah, yeah, it can be done. And my my final match, I will give an honourable mention to. It's again a takeover match. I can't remember the name of the takeover show. I have to check this one, but it's it's two Brits. It's Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate. I thought they had a hell of a match at takeover. Um, well, in terms the the quality of their matches are just phenomenal. They just work so well together. Yeah. Was it this? Was this the one where he won the title, or was this the one where? This is the one where yeah. Banks take. Uh, sorry, so, uh, Dunn where... takes the title from Bate. Yeah, yeah, that was Chicago, May yes. two thousand seventeen, and I know that because that's on my notes as well. Become, <laughs> I might uh-huh. as well tell you this was my fourth chronologically. So it's on my list. Yeah, Excellent. absolutely brilliant match. It is. It's phenomenal. Um, they they just their chemistry. It's amazing. It 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 that it just came out of nowhere that match. It's like you should have known going in this will be excellent because they it was good. The first match was good. Um the one in the finals of the Cruiserweight title tournament, but it wasn't that amazing. But they just showed up with their working boots on at takeover. Yeah. <laughs> they really did. Yeah, I think for me as well, because I, I didn't really watch a lot of uh, British indie wrestling. Obviously, I used to watch the World of Sport stuff. But then suddenly NXT UK, and you think, well, how, how much talent is out there? And I must admit, there's there's two guys I hadn't heard of when I started watching NXT. And then you had, yeah, almost like the the uh, an angel and the devil, isn't it? Yeah. Tyler Bate, just a pure baby face. Pete Dunne, like the nastiest man in the world. Yeah. And then, yeah, and he beats him, obviously, as you would for your first chat. But then, yeah, the Pete Dunne was not going to mm-hmm. let it sit. And then, obviously, he ended up with um, this fantastic run mm. um, that he had. I think it's the longest reign they've had for ages. And then he, Where and he, he turns t- face because just the crowd just can't help but respect the quality yeah. of his work. <laughs> yes. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't do anything different. Just the crowd just sort of want to acknowledge him. Yeah, we, we know he's going to deliver. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and he's he's always going to be the underdog because he's not the biggest bloke out there. Yeah, and then yeah, suddenly this uh, massive Austrian bloke comes yeah. in <laughs> and ends up having two again absolutely fantastic matches with each of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, as the, as the title and uh, absolutely just those. I know, obviously, they're probably the the lower lower down the ranks in NXT UK. There can be a lot of fairly meh mm. wrestlers who are who are decent, but nothing stand out. But if you, it's given us uh, yeah, Bert, Dunn, and Walter, and just the three of them are just absolutely out of this world. And, yeah. uh, for me, uh, yeah, being push push them as high as you can. Yeah. Although we shall see what happens with NXT UK going forward. <laughs> if there's, if there's, well, I think Pete, Pete Dunn, and Walter, I think are definitely yeah. definitely safe. That well, Pete Dunn's thinks possibly, and he's I think he might really be full time and thinking, and yeah, Tyler Bert, obviously. They're going to have to come up with something else for him to do, but he, I think he might probably come over at some point as well. Yeah, he could do quite easily. Yeah. 
I should clarify, if we mention anybody who is subject to any of this sort of the speaking out business and we just we're talking about them glowingly, it's not that we're endorsing them, it's just that we haven't realized that they're involved. I think is probably the <laughs> safest way of putting this. Yeah. Right. Should we do our actual top fives? Okay. Would you like to lead off and give me give me your number five? Well, I tell you what, we well we've just we've just done bit be done. So shall we uh, we'll move that as my number five, shall we? And then we should go to yours. You're number five, Okey and then we'll back on. See if we haven't talked about it again. Okay. My number five is a fairly recent match. It is Hangman Page and Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks from AEW. My only AEW match to make it. But the fact that it's a fairly newish company to have made it in, I thought it was quite impressive. It's just, as a man who is not normally blown away by tag team wrestling, I tend to find it drags things on and... It, it's the rarity. You'll have the odd sort of American Alpha and all that, where they usually go, oh, no, they're great. The The match that they had was just brilliant. It told so many different stories. The Which side is Hangman Page on? The books healing it up. I'm not usually a massive fan of the young books. I think that most of what they do is overdone. You see it again and again and again, and it's like, you're entertaining characters, but you're wrestling it. I don't know. I, I get a bit bored of seeing the same things, but when they've got the right opponents to really push them, which Page and uh, Omega, who have this just this bizarre chemistry, it just works. I thought it was a an amazing, amazing tag team match that blew me away and was the highlight of that card. Yeah, I think I didn't I didn't put that in mind, but uh, definitely it's for me undoubtedly the best AEW match. Since since the company started, even gone back to all in, yeah, just that absolutely perfect uh, tag team match. Yeah, it, it's very very impressive. AEW Revolution, if you if anyone wants to watch it. Okay, so that's my number five. What's your number four then, Paul? Okay, well, so, well, I'll, I'll add mine in. Con- <laughs> Sorry, it nearly started on my phone. That match did that. <laughs> uh, well, I'd mine chronologically first. So okay. Uh, it is from all the way back in 1987, WrestleMania 3, and it is uh, Man Randy Savage against uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I think he actually wasn't the Dragon technically at that point, but it might have been. Anyway, uh, for the Intercontinental Championship, it was the background was it was the first time I'd actually properly sat down and watched a WrestleMania. We got it on a, I think it was a dodgy video on holiday, WrestleMania 3, which obviously turned out to be arguably one of possibly the best WrestleManias just for the the impact of the main event, which was obviously Hogan Andre and the yeah. the crowd was the biggest for ages and the, the amount of media interest in that storyline was possibly as big as wrestling ever got. And then suddenly just sort of in the nestling down the card a little bit, it was just this absolutely perfect match, the classic, the the the, the evil heel and the, the little plucky underdog trying to mm-hmm. unsettling him and the story that basically Randy Savage has sort of gone into Ricky Steamboat, literally drifted like a, a notepad and just basically wrote down the entire match yeah. for him. And obviously the, the beauty about wrestling is that I think there's probably one of my other matches later that's probably the complete opposite that was probably the classic, uh, very much similar to what we talked about Brett earlier where the heel uh, leads the face through it almost, but very much on the fly, and it's not not so much pre-planned. So it could, wrestling can, I think, as 
it's a big enough tent to fit both styles in there. But yeah, just an ex- as an example of booking the entire match out, it was just absolutely not perfect for me. Yeah, it's it's an exceptional match. I only saw it for the first time, I think, about two years ago. I thought I'd, I'd seen it in highlights before. I had a classic sort of VHS, which was the best of WrestleMania, and I'd, it showed highlights of that match. So I'd seen enough um, to go, oh, yeah, I can kind of get it. But so I went back and actually watched the whole match. And yeah, it's it's an example of modern day wrestling back in a time when they just weren't like that that wasn't what you saw on the big show. You saw the Hogans and people like that who just couldn't move like that. Those two were so good. Yeah, it's it's basically ten years before its time. It wasn't it wasn't until the late nineties, oh, yeah. was it? When, Could I have it uh, back? I'm using it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that, Paul. Can you want to just repeat that? Sorry, my <laughs> M's just had to borrow my phone. Yeah, no, I think it wasn't about for another ten years until WWE or WF as as well really started to embrace that sort of just an an actual match. Like I say, it wasn't about big characters or whatever. But but I mean, as well, it had a, it did have a storyline going in. You had obviously Miss mm-hmm. Elizabeth sort of playing that brilliant role she did of the guy who she loves Randy, but she's still quite appalled. <laughs> doesn't approve of what uh, Randy's doing. And then George Animal Steel, who's just playing a very sweet character in it to try and help him. Bear with me two seconds. Sorry, Anne. All right. Sorry, Paul. I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I touch? Shall I do that one again? I didn't. Uh, no, I think I think we're, we're okay there. I th- yeah, you, you're completely right. I say in terms of it took years for them to catch up with themselves, really, in terms of the quality of that match. But yeah, it was a glimpse into the future of what can happen. Randy being known for planning his matches out meticulously, and yeah, when it works like that, you can understand why that's what he wanted to do and why he continued to do it. Yeah, very very good. Uh, my number four. We're on. I think that's it. Yeah, my number four is also a four. It is Kazushka Okada versus Kenny Omega four, which I believe was Dominion, wasn't it? For the IWGP heavyweight title. The, the tw- uh, two out of three the falls. Triple threat. Uh, sorry, not trouble. The best of uh, two out of three falls. Yeah, that was t- 2018. 2018. Yeah. Yeah, was that Dominion? Dominion, yeah, Dominion 2018, yeah. Yeah, I just think it's a brilliant match. I I get slightly biased. I, I in terms of my favourite matches and the, in terms of and the matches that I appreciate the most, it that the result does factor into it. And I think uh, I can't help sort of separate. I can't quite separate that out. And I think that in terms of how much I where I place a match, and I I love Okada. I think he's amazing. But I wanted to see Omega step up and take that belt. He's like, okay, he's come so close now. It's time. Let him have the belt. They have this barn burner. And eventually that's the crowning moment for Kenny Omega, which had AEW not appeared and the elite and all that going off and doing what they what doing what they did should have been the, probably the first of many world titles for Kenny Omega. But we shall see. It might still be, but it's, it's, uh, I think everything's been put on hold while they establish AEW. But in terms of those two, can just they're just magic in the ring. They really are. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. They, uh, yeah, they uh, pick any of the Okada Omega matches really, and say you're not going to go wrong. But that that's my favourite because you get a lot of it, and uh, 
yeah, I, I like the build up of him of Okagel. Well, funny enough, How do you do it. I might as well build into mine then, because yeah. <laughs> funny enough, having said that, obviously we didn't know what each other was doing. I've actually gone for Dominion 2017. Ah. So I. The thing I didn't like as much about the uh, one the year later was that I, I, because the reason possibly you did like it is I felt it was inevitable that Okada was mm. going to lose and that they were going to say, well, we can't keep him. And he was like, Thanos is, is inevitable. Yeah. And I just thought that <laughs> lost a bit. Yeah. I, I, so for the, so for me, yeah, that my, my match was uh, Dominion the year before, which was the, the time limit draw on the hour. Mm-hmm. Very much built around Omega feeling that he had to win, and it was all about the the one winged angel. Yes, this unbelievable finisher, no one's ever kicked out of it, and obviously subsequently, I think there's only one person that's ever kicked out of it since. Mm-hmm. And it was basically for all the New Japan sometimes is a bit of a finisher can go, and that the old trope of like finish, trading finishers, and they'll see the multiple kickouts. Mm. It was pretty much laid up. If he hits, if he hits, I got it. It's over. No matter how good Akada is, um, obviously the he, Akada had beaten him at Wrestle Kingdom at the start of that year. Dominion's there, their SummerSlam middle of the year, and it was yeah, can he do it? And he oh, and he, yeah, and Akada manages to sneak out, gets to the the end of the match, mm. uh, does it? And then a few months later, at the G One, Omega beats Akada on the way to winning it, and obviously then that sets up. Uh, and then they then they end up with the the big match the year yeah. later, yeah, for the it's the a hell of a run, one. yeah, all, really, all, all really of them was. absolutely fabulous matches, just possibly two of the two of the best people of uh, just having matched each other in of all time. If I think it's probably for me the best two, if you had to, if you could only watch two people wrestle each other, those two probably would be the two for me. Their feud was my introduction to New Japan. It was uh, talking to you at at work, and you sort of sort of selling me on how good. New Japan was, and it's like, okay, I start to watch it, and it just happens that I think Jericho was about to fight Omega. I think was when I really sort of go, oh, pay attention to this. And it's like, this Japanese stuff's pretty good, isn't it? <laughs> and then you start, you start to go back and go, my God, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, and then it's like, oh, there's this uh, Carter Omega feud. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I said, there's a slight tinge of disappointment that yeah, Kenny Omega's not really... Whether it's the booking or not, I don't know, but he's mm. never quite looked, no matter, even though he's had that fantastic uh, tag match you, you mentioned, mm. uh, he's never quite looked like the world's best wrestler that he, he did, definitely did in New Japan. He's not been given the showcase yet, has he? They, they yeah. put him in the first AEW World title match. Jericho takes it. Since then, he's not been like had a sniff at the title. Yeah. He's not even been, he's not been close. And in terms of if they're pushing anybody as, well, he's the top baby face, they've pushed Cody. Yeah. Or they've pushed Moxley. And certainly going into the match with Omega and Moxley, Omega was the face and Moxley was a heel. And we like, they've, they've even managed to switch that dynamic and still kept him. <laughs> I don't know. Is it heel Omega we need for the title? I don't yeah. Know. Well, I think for me, the, the main weakness that AEW have had is that I think they assume that everyone sees everything. So you watch it and something happens on Dark, they don't need to explain it. Something happens on Being the Elite, they don't need to explain it. But mm. because I, obviously, if you they assume that maybe you, you know that Omega is just this absolute fantastic top three wrestler in the world. But I think if you just watch AEW, I'm sure a lot of people would be going, this guy, he's not that good. 
Mm. But you're like kind of well, he is, but, but they're just yeah. they've decided not, the to, not to show it yet. <laughs> yeah, you'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> so top threes, you're gonna. Uh, is, is it me or you next? Yeah, that was my gonna... that was my that was my third one. So be down chief. Okay, so it's my top three. You're gonna start hearing some uh, repeated names now <laughs> in terms of uh, who makes these matches. My number three greatest match in my opinion is steve austin versus bret hart from wrestlemania 13 submission match refereed well, by ken shamrock that's also my list so should we do we can do a joint one you go first yep <laughs> this match is storytelling personified it you you've got a change of uh dynamic by the end of this match you've got angry bret hart coming in who is technically a baby face to start the match off he's on the turn clearly and you've got steve austin who is clearly a heel but he's rising in popularity because he's just doing all these cool things you can't help but go "Mm, this is one to watch and by the end of that match the crowd are cheering for austin and brett is getting booed out of the building (laughs) it's just it's i say wonderful storytelling but the match quality is exceptional they uh, again, two guys who just work so well together. Uh, the Brett and Steve Austin. It was just, it's it's sadly it's one of Austin's the the Austin gets injured uh, a couple of months later in his match with Owen, doesn't he? And it's his neck, and you don't see the type of wrestler you see in this match again. Really, from Steve Austin, he becomes a different. Uh, a different beast really for his world title runs yeah brawler um, isn't he he's a brawler yeah and it, it's it's phenomenal to watch and yeah fabulous spoilers, brawler his possibly up again. arguably the best brawler that yeah. ever <laughs> so yeah his his name's going to come up again but you you lost the sort of technical side whereas this match still had that and they just go back and forth and it's brilliant and nobody comes out of that match depleted you you think Shamrock looks like a badass for stepping in and sort of throwing Brett at the end. You've got, for the casual audience who don't necessarily know about his Ultimate Fighters credentials particularly, you're now going, oh, that's a guy who looks like he can handle himself. Brett comes across as this bitter, twisted heel, and going from being like the most beloved guy in the planet a couple of years ago in WWE, and then and Austin is just like he well he didn't quit his body quit out on him he didn't quit yeah he would have he would have kept fighting and you you've got that visual of the blood and that wasn't supposed to be there but they they, got, they were a bit naughty and bled anyway it's yeah oh, it's it's an exceptional exceptional match yeah I think you I think you introduced me to the this uh, Austin narrating it as well that's mm. available um sort of going through and discussing the various points and stuff mm. yeah it, it, it the nice thing is as well i i went to a bret hart signing in leicester which was very very good and got to like him doing the tour q a and then a signing and he was doing his uh q a and they put on the screen at the back they were showing bret hart matches and he starts to tell something about WrestleMania 13 and the submission match, but not he hasn't picked up at the time that it's on the screen, that the match is just starting. And somebody in the audience, said like we're all sort of looking over and sort of like trying to will it, and somebody, I think, addresses it, or Brett clocks it and realises it's on there. We then got his version of narrating the match, which was like working your way through. And when we did this bit, we did that, and it was just amazing to get this sort of take on the whole thing. Yeah, they, it 
they're both very proud of it, and rightly so. Yeah, uh, they it, it, well, that was a hell of a feud as well. The, yeah. the Brett Austin sort of like polar opposites feud. Oh, it's really, really good because it's completely believable that they hate each other. Yeah. But re- in reality, there is a hell of a lot of respect. It's uh, yeah. know, like, let's be honest, it's it's Austin who puts Brett into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Eventually. <laughs> so I think as well, yeah. eventually, obviously, so there's the Owen thing then leading up to Canadian, Stamp- well, the Canadian oh. Stampede match as well, which is just a fantastic way of carrying on there. Yes, that I... I obviously haven't named that one now in my in my list, but yeah, that go out of your way to watch the Canadian Stampede main event. It's there, there's rarely a crowd like that. They're on the off on their feet most of the way through, I think. But the noise and the dynamic of it of the the Heel Heart Foundation who are beloved in that room, yeah. <laughs> that building. I think they used to say no, just uh, Heel in America only, wasn't it? Yes, I love that. I loved that dynamic. That yeah, you, you, we're seeing American programming where they're saying that Brett is he's an horrendous human being, and then you but we're like yeah, but, but he likes us, <laughs> so it's okay for us to go like yeah yeah, he still represents us. He's he's not having to go at us. He's having to go at you. He's got a point. Um, <laughs> so it's like really really good. Yeah. yeah, I think the only other point I had a match actually was that ostensibly it's it wasn't a main event feud it was sort of a little bit down the card and you could just say well in in in, an, in almost an alternate universe it could have just been a very good mm. sort of semi semi main match but actually just the ramifications because as you said that it turns austin into this huge baby face who goes on the in, by some measurement possibly the biggest baby face of all time yeah. but without the brett turn you don't then end up that going into the screw job Mm-hmm. And then obviously that creates the biggest, arguably the biggest heel ever, McMahon to to mm-hmm. go opposite Austin and basically yep. this feud so big that it basically sinks <laughs> one half of the of the wrestling world. Basically, we yep. just couldn't possibly keep up with Aaron, and that's just from this one match, really. If 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 either if pass is different, or maybe Austin won, but the crowd didn't quite buy him as a face, maybe the, the whole thing never happens. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's uh, it's it's one of the catalysts. Unfortunately, Brett is one of the uh, the biggest losers in the whole thing in terms yeah. of he, he suffers a lot throughout that in terms of the screw job and then on to WCW where he's mistreated and his career having to end with he doesn't uh, with like not the way you would want it to yeah. and then all his health problems afterwards and you just think he deserved better. Yeah, well, <laughs> I've actually there was one other thing because I actually um, watched Dark Side of the Ring. Mm. With the missus, and I was explaining to uh, it was the Owen Hart one. Yep. So I was explaining that basically Brett's best match in WCW was mm-hmm. as part of the Owen Hart tribute, and of course, yeah, you're thinking at least at Ooh, least he's got that one good match there, and of course it's with Chris Benoit. Yeah, <laughs> and his other greatest match is the main event of Mayhem with Chris Benoit. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. So, so yeah, it's absolute. St- Stink well, uh, to be fair, both of them in a way, because Austin did obviously get the neck injury and yeah. ended his career certainly way eight, eight to ten years earlier. And yes, it brought yeah. the, the lost years of, of, yeah, from basically, yeah, from the, the next year. Yeah, didn't really, mm. didn't really have anywhere near the quality of matches that he, he was capable of. No. Yeah. 
But I'm I'm lost in our list now. Is it yourself? That, and number well, that two? was mine as well. So I've got one left. So I think you've got two left. If I'm okay. Well, in that case, let's carry on the theme of Bret Hart. <laughs> and Bret let's Hart carry on the theme. Bret Hart loving. <laughs> of uh, 1997 Bret Hart, which I think is peak in-ring Bret Hart. I love his heel run, as in America and that. I, as I was saying, I, I think it was a brilliant time. And one of my favourite matches of all time is the SummerSlam main event, which is Bret versus The Undertaker for the WWF title with Shawn Michaels as the referee. If Bret loses, he can't wrestle again in the US. If Sean does anything to cost Brett, he can't wrestle in the US. And obviously Undertaker has got the title on the line. And Sean and Brett hate each other in reality at this point. It was as anybody who has been reading like dirt sheets or wrestling magazines at the time or just paying attention can tell there is no love loss in reality between the two of them. And they come into this match. Brett and Taker have great mutual respect outside the ring so you know they're going to deliver for each other and but you've got this whole well surely brett has to win but there's no way sean can do the pin that can't, that can't happen and it was like and you don't want to make taker look bad and it's like well what how does that all work together and you've got taker is this they're already starting to sort of tease kane i believe at this stage that his brother is coming uh, so paul but he's got issues with paul bearer and it's just it's a great match between the two of them. Lots of sort of ring post work. I think it's got a sharpshooter around the ring post at one point, which was very strange. Sean is a referee with Pyro, and he really sells the, his conflict in terms of what he's going to do. And he's you can tell that he's right at the end of his tether with Brett. He's pushing him and pushing him, but he can't. He knows he can't lash out. He can't do anything in, that's going to that's going to come across that he's favoring taker it's one of the first matches where undertaker is starting to look like a real like well it, it's at the start of the undertaker starting to look like a proper wrestler i would say he's, he's gone past the zombie gimmick he's he's come into his own in this last year and this is one of his first like put me in the main events of the of, of, of pay-per-view and i can go it's not i'm not just going to walk around and choke you in the corner i'm going to like run around and do stuff and look like a proper badass and the Brett is just peak healing every, with everything he does. He, but he's still applying the technical stuff and doing all that sort of thing. And they say this, he's goading Sean the whole way through. And the finishing sequence is probably probably my favourite finishing sequence to any wrestling match in terms of Brett's got a chair. I think he's hitched Taker with the chair already. And he gets Taker into the corner and he's stomping him. And Sean finds the chair. And Sean grabs him to turn him around to sort of go, like, did you bring this into the ring? And Brett just tells him, no. Like, and Sean grabs him again. So, like, did you do that? He's getting really in his face. And Brett just gobbed on him. That almighty horrible thing. <laughs> he just gobs in his face. He's like, that's disgusting. And Sean, as you would, <laughs> the selling of this is brilliant, is incensed and just swings the chair. <laughs> and Taker takes a full... Brett ducks. Brilliant timing. Taker takes a full-blown head chair shot to the face. Uh, well, to the top of the head that you just wouldn't get these days because of health and safety and concussions. And rightly so. There's no way that didn't do any damage, but he looks like he's damn near killed him. And Taker goes down believably to get pinned by Brett. And you have the wonderful moment of the Brett looking at Sean while he goes for the pin, calling him over to do it. Sean going, 
damn it. <laughs> and he like reluctantly counts. One, two, three. And then he gets out of the ring and you look how frustrated he is. Leads to a great Sean Taker feud ahead of their feuds that would that would go to WrestleMania in the future. But the first time we got to see them feuding it was brilliant. And it's just, oh, it's so good. It's like that is so well told because everybody had got their little bits in. It all made sense. Uh, I, I love that match. I'm a really big fan of SummerSlam Heart and Soul. Oh, it was a really, really good one. For SummerSlam 97 is is great. It's unfortunately forgotten about because of the screw job at Survivor Series. People don't talk about it as half as much as I think they should. Yeah, but it's, it's not even the most memorable match with Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels and Bret Spitz on someone's watch. No. <laughs> <laughs> to most people, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no it's, that, it's, it's phenomenal. Definitely, ninety-seven was the best in year. Sorry, best in ring year they had. Uh, obviously, they were to go on to bigger and better things, mm. money-wise, in uh, 99 But no, I think it was the best. To, certainly, they had until probably for a good another ten years. Yeah, it was just absolutely some some guys on the way up, points to prove, and you could just slot any of them into a match. Taker, Michaels. Um, Brett managed to have a Brett great pay per view match with the Patriot, <laughs> which says it all, really. <laughs> so, yeah, it was really, really, really good. And uh, that same year, we get um, the first Hell in a Cell with uh, Sean and Taker. Yeah. Which, again, is an exceptionally good match. Yeah. Mm, with the debut of Kane. <laughs> and what's your number one match, Paul? Well, technically, my final match is this. Now, there's in NWA in 1989, they had there was a trio of matches between Ric Flair and Ricky Steamboat. Yes, there Again, is. The one I would say generally people say is the best one um, was the first one, which was a Chai Town Rumble. But I oh. actually, my actual favorite is the middle one, which was Virgin Cajun Clash of Champions. Yeah. And two out of three falls, just again, the pure Ric Flair in absolute peak condition yeah. as basically this heel who will just take every single shortcut in the book um, mm-hmm. he's trying to get, get the title player in the game <laughs> yeah well he's trying to get the title back from steamboat that he lost mm-hmm. ricky's being just this absolutely fantastic face and it's Career just baby face wasn't yeah it, i think yeah i think he did, he did want didn't he to try but i think we just there's not many there's not many people is there that Went the entire career without no. going one way both ways, was there? But yeah, just and even even the the ending you had where they was basically pinning each other. Uh, Ricky gets the the shoulder up at the last minute, and then but then Flair's foot still under the rope, which is the little bit of storytelling that then allows them to have the final one in the trilogy, um, Wrestle mm. War, uh, the next month. But yeah, just to, to, to think those two just having uh, this trilogy of fantastic matches all within, I think it's three months period. And again, like you say, for me, it's either that or Carter Omega just for two guys in like a shot, sort of maybe a year, year and a bit, or even less in their case, spell of just basically hitting gold every single time they get into the ring. Yeah. It's it's brilliant. It really, really is. They they were exceptional together. Ric Flair, unfortunately for a lot of modern wrestling fans, is the old guy who keeps showing up, Charlotte's dad, or that guy who probably stuck around a bit too long and then had that great retirement match with Sean. And it's like, no, go and do your history. <laughs> go and look it up. Watch what he was did. Watch why 
Triple H wanted to keep him around and why why he tried to convince it, remind him that he was Ric Flair. Peak Ric Flair is phenomenal. Yeah. And obviously, uh, this is the match I think I referred to earlier when I was talking about the um, Macho Man one, where mm. pretty much Ric Flair, as the heel, you would that would be your thing. He would he would take the lead. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't they wouldn't plan out. They might be having like a few bits sorted out, but yeah, the most of the match just sort of dealt with on the fly and just mm. so you can actually react to the crowd and the, the, the total the total antithesis of the. The, the savage way of having every single beat written down, but just shows you can, I mean, the end product, it doesn't really matter, does it? It doesn't matter how you get there, but yeah, just to show that you, it's a genius that you can basically get. And it's, it's weird how they, they've both got Ricky, <laughs> we're saying two different guys in the, the method. The, the common denominator there is Ricky Steamboat, mm. who, to be fair, I never really had any classic matches other than with those two guys. No, good, very good matches with Steve Austin and people, but yeah, yeah, not not that you go away and go, no, these are the best matches ever. Watch these, yeah, but yeah, hell of a worker, yeah, but yeah, his 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 flair feud is brilliant, his savage feud, brilliant, yeah, rightly in the Hall of Fame, but yeah, it's uh, beyond that. (laughs) My number one is also from a trilogy. Uh, a trilogy of WrestleMania matches. There were all the matches that surrounded it, but again, trilogy of WrestleMania matches. And this stems back to the I'm biased because I got the result I wanted. I'm also biased because I was in the building. And it is a WrestleMania 17 or X7, and it is a The Rock versus Steve Austin in Texas for The Rock's WWF title. What a war. I adore adore that match that is peak austin peak rock just going at it with a crowd that is just eating it up yes it features the austin heel turn that the crowd just doesn't they they don't care it's austin in texas he's getting a face pop whatever happens the yes it leads to the te- the heel austin but i actually quite like heel austin i know a lot of people turn around and say that it shouldn't have happened and austin thinks he should have called an audible and stunned mcmahon but it's like no no we got singing austin we got stuff with kurt we got all that sort of stuff out of this it was it was worth it two-man power trip things like that we got to see stuff that I think added a nice contrast to uh, to Austin, but the match itself, it's just it's really high pace, really intense. The Rock is selling like nobody's business. They're hitting each other's moves on each other. They it, it basically it's they just do the whole match at like full speed, and yeah, it's just a proper war. Vince gets involved. You got Paul Heyman on commentary, which I really liked, and it. I I don't know. It, for me, it was a phenomenal, phenomenal match, and as I say, I had the pleasure of being there for it. And uh, yeah, I yeah, to me, it's it's the peak of WrestleMania is that main event. Yeah, I think it's generally considered, isn't it? The I think more likely there is to be the best one, wasn't it? In terms of the era, and then obviously the, uh, the results. I think I would would slightly correct you on here, lost in that. I think we could have all done without the what. <laughs> Chance, which yeah, have, although which was, what liked, was like based Austin, wasn't it? By the end, yeah, <laughs> he turned at that point, <laughs> <laughs> blighted yeah. many a poor guy who's genuine, a genuinely good pro. Yeah, 
just because the, yes. the, the the crowd weren't in the mood. I'm sure, I think I think he's talked about that he did. He does the one thing I think he regrets. Yeah, coming up with that. that um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, funny enough, again, that's just to show how different wrestling things can be. We're talking there. Obviously, my my last one there was three guys. So two guys who had three matches within a few months, whereas you've gone for two guys who basically they had no. You'll get your match at WrestleMania, and then we need a year off <laughs> to the next one, and then again another year off. So they had this trilogy over over five years because it was too big to. Do you know what I mean they didn't want to dilute it by sort of having it all the time, and it was just. Yeah, it was like these these two. Around them, yeah, these two it. guys. They'll they'll move them away, but eventually, like two sort of giant planets, they're going to come into each other's orbit again. It's, and it's, yeah, it's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It uh, yeah, it was nicely built up that match as well in terms of the setup of I really need to win this. Yeah, uh, from Steve Austin, you saw how desperate he was going in. Those the clues were there of how far Austin was willing to go, and that finishing sequence where he just battered him with a chair. It was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That should be the end now. Ah, uh, yeah, good it is. Yeah, still, yeah. still in the era where I think people weren't conditioned to uh, mm. fully conditioned to the heel main event mm. winning. Whether no, um, no, does obviously have the 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 final one as well as the obviously his last match, wasn't it? Yeah, as well. Yeah. But but what better way to go than to say at the Rock, yeah, mate, you've had you've had these two fantastic WrestleMania matches and. You've given them both to me. I've gone on to better things from it. Here you go, mate. There's there's one back. Yeah. And just oh, by the way, I won the feud two, two one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm never coming back. You're never gonna get the uh, equalizer. Yeah. yeah. No, no, it's uh, yeah. You can tell the the respect there. I, I don't think they've always necessarily seen eye to eye, and yeah. I think, but but yeah, I think by the end there was proper respect and yeah, appreciation for what they could do, and yeah, they really didn't. Uh, hold anything back in that so yeah there, there's yeah heel heel austin was an it was an interesting one yeah another uh an, another match i'll just point out as being excellent is the main event of the invasion pay-per-view hmm. where austin's leading team wwe but yeah. then goes to team wcw and ecw it's just a fun match that yeah very very good yeah so uh, so that's what we think are the greatest wrestling matches, or at least this week, that's what we think are the greatest wrestling matches. We've both said we could it could change week by week in terms of you suddenly remember, oh, that's phenomenal, or oh, I'd rank this one a bit higher. But that's what we think are the best. As much as we, did, we do give credit to what Edge and Randy Orton did, they did a, an exceptional job in difficult circumstances, had a very different type of match to other people um, in currently. But it doesn't quite even make our top tens. Very, very good, but it's not quite as good as those matches. Yeah, do you, I, I don't know if you remember in Backlash they actually had the showed funny enough they showed their five matches at the start as, as mm. potential, which I didn't make a note of. Which were Hogan v Andre, which mm. again massive main event, massive uh, main event, not such yeah. a great match. Yeah, again it's it's the spectacle, isn't it? Yeah, the build and whatever, the, rather than the thing. A Savage v Steamboat, which obviously I mentioned. Yes. Fair enough. And then the last three, Rock v Cena. Mm-hmm. Which, in terms of spectacle, not spectacle, the best match. Again, but yeah. Um, Hogan, Rock, did they have that? Well, no, this is, that's the thing. It's I think for me, Hogan, Hogan Andre, yeah, massive spectacle. Savage v Steamboat is a, is a pure match, brilliant. Now they've got Rock v Cena, Michaels against Austin, the Mike Tyson. 
I match. don't like which, that one as much as some. I've as never heard something. people saying that is a very good match. Mm. It's a big spectacle and a cracking story, but not as an actual match. Yeah. Was it? Sean can't quite go at hundred percent. He gives his gives his all. Don't get me wrong, but I you can I think you can tell he's not quite full flow Sean. Yeah. And then the last one they went for was Undertaker against Triple H, which I think might have been the second of the three, but I'm not sure. But he was one. It was definitely one of the oh, later yeah. two, if not that. The one where it's, Triple H battered him. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. I think very much all, the, a lot of the right wrestlers there, Rock, <laughs> yeah, Sean, Austin, Cena, Taker, Triple H. And I think possibly not. I think we probably agree. Maybe not. Those wouldn't be the matches. Yeah. And really that's the thing. It's so subjective, shows. isn't it? Yeah. It, it, everything in terms of, of wrestling is subjective. I saw somebody list the other day on their top five that who who they would have on their Mount Rushmore of wrestling, and it, it included people like The Big Show and people like that on it. And I just thought, I like him. He's had his <laughs> moments. He's nowhere near my Mount Rushmore, I'm afraid. <laughs> but for you, great. <laughs> that's 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 good for you. I'm just like I can't imagine the world we live in that that that's who you think are the greatest wrestlers of all time. Yeah. But yeah, whatever floats your boat. Mm. Well, Paul, it's been a pleasure as as always. We shall be back to talk about what's going on. All right, uh, Paul, where uh, can people find you on the internet? Nope, still exclusive to these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, you can find me at, at Critic Guy Chris on Twitter. All right, thank you very much. Hope to speak to you again.